But this definitely felt like an all-business trip. Like, this felt like a, we are going to go and take care of this piddling little team that we shouldn't have to worry about because we've got bigger fish to fry. And I have to say that's a pretty exciting place to be at, uh, considering they've lost this team two of the last three years. Your SEC East champion Georgia Bulldogs finished the regular season 11-1 after taking out Georgia Tech 38-7 in Atlanta on Saturday. This is just the 10th time in school history the Dogs have won 11 or more games, and a lot of people, fans, sports writers, and podcasters have dubbed many of Georgia's victories this year as part of the Revenge Tour, which is where Kirby, Nick Chubb, and company have taken out all of the teams that beat them last year and have done so in dominating fashion this year. Well, there is one more team left, but this revenge would be much sweeter considering what Auburn did to the Dogs just two weeks ago. The SEC championship game looms large, and safe to say with UGA's workmanlike approach at Bobby Dodd, the coaches and the team is locked and focused on the most important game Georgia has played in five years. That's coming up Saturday. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 119 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My co-hosts Tony Waller and Will Leach join me today to share our thoughts on the wrecking of tech over the weekend and begin training our eyes on the rematch versus Auburn at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in what should be an epic championship game. So thanks for tuning us in. No reason for me to make this intro any longer. Here's Will to get us all started. 38-7, to seven, definitive as one might. Hope I will say I we were all in the stands. We can all talk about our personal experiences once we get it going here. But I would like to note that this game was an excellent advertisement for my why are we even bothering hating this dumb team and this dumb school theorem because there was not one moment regardless of the fact that the fact the game the game was a couple times where it looked like the, you, uh, the, the game might get a little hairy briefly but this is my first time I'd see the Georgia Tech game at Bobby Dodd Stadium that place is not SEC quality. That place is better than Illinois, <laughs> but it is, is it? it is better than well, Illinois is rocking. Maybe not, but like, it's not like that. It was, it, it was funny to think after going to Notre Dame and watching all these Georgia games all year and going to Mississippi last year and this supposedly rivalry game. I think I finally understand why everybody calls them dorks. <laughs> it was, was kind of dorky, kind of the whole vibe there. We can maybe get into that in a little bit. But first off, 38-7, this felt to me like exactly what you wanted to see. Efficient and no doubt about it. I think the fun part to me about it was that, Scott, your estimation of more than half the crowd was absolutely correct. It was 60-40 easily at kickoff, right? I mean, you know, the entire end zone we were in, uh, upper deck was full. Uh, the one across the way that backs up, I guess, in the, the 75, it was nearly all Georgia fans. And, of course, the Georgia section was full of Georgia fans. And a lot of their club seat holders didn't come. But, yeah, Will, I, I, I can't argue with you. You know, when we talked about Georgia's big rivals, I, I think anybody, unless you live in Atlanta or you're of a certain age, the Georgia Tech game is, we want to beat them, we don't like to lose to them, but, eh. And... <laughs> Yesterday was the proof of that theorem in that we had fans leaving there when we got to 31. And I was like, y'all, this is, I, I, I get leaving and that's fine, but we would never leave a Georgia Florida game if we were up 31 to seven. No one left a Georgia Florida game this year and we we're up that much. <laughs> um, and it, again, it was, it was cruelly efficient. It was a game where, you know, I think we gave up 64 yards in the second half. 
and we just we just stepped on their throat. I mean, it was a crockpot. I mean, it just was a crockpot. <laughs> um, and uh, by the way, love the pasto Crow Crumpton. So happy to yeah. see him get involved in the passing game. Uh, and we can we can talk about Jake Fromm and his day passing uh, in a few minutes because it was it was up and down, but. We're going to have to have him checking off on reads and finding an open guy more because we had a couple times where we had guys open. He just he tried to force a throw in. Didn't didn't hurt him, but like wide open guys and just didn't didn't make the right read. Text an ACC team, right? <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> I mean that that stadium atmosphere. Uh, like I'd said on the preview podcast, I had not been to a game at Bobby Dodd, Grant Field, Mark Rick, whatever you want to call it since 1997 and it just seemed like playing an FCS team, even the fans indifference to everything. And sure it has a lot to do with the five and five record. However, the zero, and I mean zero effort they put in a crowd control was I'm, I'm, <laughs> there's, there is a term that a big, you know, $5 word that Tony or will probably have to describe that crowd control. We got there about 10 minutes before kickoff. You know, that was not of my own fault. I would have been there 30 minutes before kickoff, but you know, I was with three other people that just didn't have that sense of urgency. And of course I, I was getting chastised for why do you want to get to the game so quickly? And you know, that's a whole different story, but we had to wait and a sea, a sea of people just to get in. And I got in with uh, nine minutes left in the first quarter to my seats in section 204. And then my wife and my sister left to go get a hot dog or something um, halfway in the second quarter. They didn't make it back until halfway through the third quarter. The crowd control is ridiculous. The, whoever controls the music, um, I'm not sure what they're doing. Uh, I, even, I even exclaimed to some of the tech fans around me. I was like, Do y'all, does y'all's band get to play? Because it was uh, it was it was it was like a five year old you know punching someone's iPhone, uh, <laughs> deciding on the music there. Um, the hot dogs were undercooked. And, and, <laughs> someone's, someone's iPhone from nineteen or from two thousand seven. Yes, yes. The, the it's not it's not the type of thing where they were playing like current music either. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm nitpicking here, but the thing that struck me, you know, beyond the, the 38 to seven score was I, I was sitting in the tech section and they were friendly. They, they were harmless people. And I kept asking them, I was like, could you imagine what this offense would be like if you had some Ohio state type recruits or Michigan or Georgia recruits? And they're like, no, no, the offense is fine. We're just, we're just really uh, bummed about the defense. And to me, it seems like they're just kind of accepting the fact that Paul Johnson is going to run that Mickey Mouse offense and they're just going to roll with it. And they just didn't even seem that upset, which shocked me. They are really dull to watch. <laughs> they really, I, I guess I, it's hard to imagine what it would be like to watch a team like that every week. Where Think about the, the end of the first half, where basically that's like the platonic ideal for a Georgia Tech team, right? You, 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 you've been kind of dominated the entire first half. But you've got a chance to, you got one kind of drive going and you run the clock all the way down and everybody waits till the very end of the play clock and it runs it all the way. Cause the idea is you're keeping the game within one possession. If you can get that touchdown, they didn't quite make it all the way down as it turns out. But it was, it was, it was funny how that, like that just very dull way to play football and just how, regardless of just whether it seems, whether it's fun to play or not, just to watch. It's a curiosity when you see it once a year, but I can't actually imagine that's a fun team to watch, a fun style of football to watch throughout a whole season. I'm sure it's fun to watch them run like crazy over, 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 you know, uh, Georgia Southern, now current Georgia Southern anyway, or like lower teams or Bethune Cookman or someone. But the idea of, 
watching like that's what you're cheering for this team to do is to go as slowly as possible and ring every little moment it's also worth noting that it also almost worked let's not forget that i talked about how there was really no scary moments there was actually that second half kickoff could that got very hairy uh, I feel like one thing I've noticed a little bit, I thought Fromm was great. I love, I agree with you, Tony. I loved that play call. I loved the play call for the, for the second touchdown, where basically that whole series was perfect. There was the, uh, there, there was the, the Fromm, I think the, the, the Fromm, uh, uh, draw was, I think was a, was a particularly, particularly good run, but all five of those plays were bam, 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 and they were through. Like that was the ideal. But again, Fromm was a little shaky. We've seen this a couple times at the beginning of games. We've seen. I actually joked uh, to my son that, uh, like, oh, we're going to see the from the from get out of the way interception, <laughs> which we've actually seen a few <laughs> times this year. And he was a little shaky early, and they actually played some, did some some. Uh, uh, there were a couple times he probably could have been picked off. He settled down late, and then was I think terrific late. Uh, but I do think there is an issue sometimes. There's still some special teams wrinkles. I saw that some people gave them an A for special teams. That fumble alone, that would have been a crippling like they could have lost that ball. And then it's 17-7. Georgia Tech's got the ball. The crowd's in their, in their way. That ball could have very easily been lost. It, it was 30, it was 38-7. It was easy and it was fun and it was Totally relaxed and totally did not feel like a big time football game at all. I also would not say that it was entirely perfect. And I think that we will note as anyone, as everyone kind of got, I don't know if everyone got back in time to watch that Alabama Auburn game. You may have to be perfect to beat Auburn, even with, we're going to talk, we're preview that all this week, even with their running back injuries. Man, to, to see them do to Alabama what they did to Georgia made me feel a little better about that loss, but a little bit more terrified for next week. Yeah, and we'll talk about that game. Uh, I, we'll talk about the game this week. The one thing I will note is that there was no difference other than the final score in, in the Georgia game and the Alabama game, I mean, just none. But, you know, one thing I want to point out is we finally put together a one-minute drive that resulted in a score. And, you know, if you've, you've listened to me, you've heard me complain about the number of times where we haven't actually practiced that. We get the ball back with 40 seconds. We fiddle fart around. We, you know, we're running the ball, then try to throw it, whatever. We came out with a plan. But they had practiced a one-minute drive, and it worked. And almost scored a touchdown on it. But still, you know, you had Rodrigo come in and kicking that field goal at the end of the half, and that was just that made me feel really good. Even though I never really felt like we were going to the, the game was going to be out of utterly out of touch, like we were going to lose or even remotely come close to losing. Um, you know, but you know the other thing, I thought that we had a really really good game and a good scheme for for handling the running game because you you look at what um you look at what Auburn does a lot. There are a lot of that is based on the option. And I enjoyed seeing how we handled particularly those those pitch plays where the they were misdirecting the ball in a couple of places. Um so I thought it was a good win. I I think you're right. There's plenty of coachable moments and you know, before we move on to the dome, let's celebrate the fact that Georgia Tech is uh yet again in the rightful place, which is second place at least in the state behind Georgia. I would just I would just note that they, unlike Georgia State, will not be going to a bowl game. So I think you could argue that they are the third best team in the state because Georgia State is going to a bowl game and Georgia Tech is. Well, going. they're still trying to add a game, or they were as of last week. So. They're not gonna. They're not gonna play it. Okay, I don't know. That crowd. That crowd for a waiver. That crowd looked pretty fired up for football on Saturday. You know, you got to give them the opportunity to go out and see it. 
Yeah, they're not going to do it. But Tony, to your point about the drive at the end of the first half, did it not concern you a little bit? It looked like the the draw play on first down was a little bit of a questionable. And they, they sure they had some timeouts, but then they were going to spike it. Uh, I saw the sidelines yelling spike and then the ref kind of screwed up and then Fromm's looking around. And it seemed to me that they could have had one play to the end zone. And so on one hand, you know, you credit them for getting points, but on the other hand, it was very shaky and how they ran that. And that is nitpicky, but you have to be nitpicky going into the SEC championship because that could come, uh, come back to, to be a factor again. Well, Scott, I'm glad you brought that up because there was that, that play was completed with about, I want to say 10, 11 seconds. And the referee spooled the ball while the, the line, the back judge was holding the play that they handled that wrong. They handled that wrong. The, the referee is not supposed to spool the clock until the person standing over the ball whistles the ball to play. And I, uh, because Georgia didn't, Georgia didn't, um, they didn't substitute there. They didn't, even, even if they substitute there, they still held them off longer than the five second, whatever that rule is. Uh, that, that was, I think that was handled poorly by the officials because I think you're right. I think had they handled that right, we would have been able to get a play. We, we would have spiked the ball still. Um, mm. And we can discuss how that is always strategically a wrong idea. We could we have spiked the ball there and still had time to run a quick pass play and get the field goal off. So you're right. I got to say, you know, I've been a little bit of the skeptic on from this year. He looked fantastic. This is this is probably the most I've enjoyed from after the initial ugly uh, beginning. He really settled in. And not that, again, not that they were in a position where they needed him to throw in a way that they might theoretically next week, but his throws were on his throws were, were efficient. His throws were like that throw, the the touchdown throw late was just a perfect pass. It was just a perfect pass. It was a perfectly called play. I find it was funny that uh, I will, it will never stop making me sad watching poor Jacob Eason come in and have to just hand the ball off six times. It makes me sad every time. Like it literally makes me actively unhappy for him. But uh, from was, he was great in this game. And, and, you know, this is what you wanted to see where there were some shakiness, a little shakiness in the Kentucky game and maybe a little tiny shakiness here, but going into the SEC championship game, when you've got to be at, you've got so much at stake and you've got to be on the absolute best. This is what you wanted to see. And I, and one thing I thought was noteworthy and Seth Emerson mentioned this on Twitter after and suppose again, in the supposedly rivalry game, the supposedly good old fashioned hate game against a team that beat Georgia last year, by the way, and had beaten them two of the three years coming into this game. They're really the Georgia sideline never seemed all that excited. <laughs> like they never seemed to be going crazy and celebrating after big plays. I and I know there's there's a joke about the business trip, but this definitely felt like an all business trip. Like this felt like a we are going to go and take care of this piddling little team that we shouldn't have to worry about because we've got bigger fish to fry. And I have to say that's a pretty exciting place to be at, uh, considering they've lost this team two of the last three years. I'd give the MVP to Roquan Smith. Uh, he's just a fun guy to watch. I, um, the guys sitting next to us had some binoculars and I just kind of, I don't, I'm not typically a binocular guy. I think that's a, kind of a generational thing. Cause my dad like travels with them or something. So this guy was about, you know, my dad's age with that. I don't know. That's just kind of a, a, a funny thought, but uh, I did grab his binoculars to watch Roquan. And even if he's not making the tackle, I mean, he's somewhere around the ball and without him, 
Yeah, we're going to be without him next year, but I mean, he's got to be the team MVP. I know that's kind of obvious, you know, and you could debate whether offensively from or Nick Chubb or Sony, but that guy is just kind of the straw that stirs the drink on the defense. And I mean, for what it's worth for our podcast to give him a shout out, I'm going to crown him the MVP of the season from the WSLS <laughs> podcast. I, I'd like to see a vote. We're going to vote on that. I think we're all voting for him, but you cannot just decree it. <laughs> this is a, that, contrary to contrary to what it looks like, this is still a democracy in this country. So we Uh-oh. still get to vote for these things. <laughs> yeah, and the one the one thing I was going to say, you're talking about Fromm and how good a game he had. I, I don't want someone to take away that I think he had a bad game. I think he had a great game, but there were, I mean, for heaven's sakes, he was 12 or 16, right? Um, but there were a couple of passes, in particular that the one one of the ones right there at the end of the half where he had a wide open Terry Godwin and just never went to that read. And and I get I get why you try to hit Wims, right? I mean, he really likes throwing the ball to Wims. But, you know, I, I think we're we're coming up to the point of the season where um you you mentioned that we're gonna have to play nearly our perfect game and we'll preview this game this week. But you can't miss open opportunities like that against a team like Auburn. You can do that against George Tech all you want. Um, as long as Al Ford isn't calling the game uh, or, or Bobby Gaston is sitting in the, the re- review booth, um, you can, you don't only have to play, you only have to play tech. Uh, one last thing. I've, uh, two, two last things. One, I don't know if you guys saw the video. I think Dog Nation had this of the two dads engaging in lame fight. <laughs> have you seen this on Dog Nation? That, that was literally in my section. That was right next to us. It was. I was actually. It was. It was actually one. It was right above us. It was catty corner to us. We saw all the people Are you involved. Serious? Yeah, we like. We were right there. I like. I because I was with. My, I was with William, my older son, the who just turned six. Happy birthday, William! And 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 moved him over. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing. Morons. That's what's going on, William. Morons are doing moronic things. So, uh, yeah, that. But it was a whole. It's funny. You, it's funny when you talked about crowd control, Scott. I actually thought that might be what you were referring to because it took forever for him. Anybody to do anything like it, like fans were like screaming, get security, 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 get in here, get in here. Nobody did anything. Finally, some awesome cop came in and just came in and just cleared it all out. But, uh, and got out there. And I will, I will note that both the Georgia and Georgia tech fans were booed by everybody in the section upon leaving. So it was good to know in this divisive polarizing time, we can all come together over moron idiots fighting each other, uh, in the stands. And, uh, the last thing I want to make sure because we have oh I'm sorry I don't there seems to be sorry I, I, I there seems to be a weird music <laughs> going on here I'm sorry hang on are you trolling me <laughs> sorry oh sorry I don't know why this is happening oh okay okay fine that's just me playing a little drum line video while we talk on this podcast <laughs> I couldn't that resist even better than Scott accidentally did it <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist uh, that's of course a call back to the last podcast if you didn't hear that one uh, but yes guys I can't wait it's uh, it's all off the plate all that stuff 11 and 1 for crying out loud that we have done 11 po- post game podcasts 12 post game podcasts here and 11 them of them have been victories that is truly a wonderful thing and now now things are very serious gentlemen things are very very serious we thought one housekeeping thing we talked about doing a live show we are probably still going to do that but we i think there's an executive decision through this democracy uh, cabal that we have of um that the, the we for the SEC championship show we got to be at our home base we got to all be together and get serious about it because this is very serious times guys well, I think the I think the main the main thing is we want to make sure we have access to uh, access to bourbon and freedom to be ourselves without having to put on airs. 
Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, I think we are, you know, we are not going to we are not going to eat on this podcast. We've gotten <laughs> roasted for eating snacks. Hey, listen, which is I am pro, I am pro on roasting. I, th- I say I yeah, you guys disagree with this. We deserve roasting for that. You're not supposed to eat yeah. on podcasts. And we, we did it twice in a row. And mm-hmm. we even got a podcast review kind of uh, railing us for that, which is well deserved. Um, and so that, that's my fault for the, uh, yeah, well, it, it kind of is, it kind of is, uh, it's my fault for allowing that. Cause I, I try to run a very uh, tight ship around here. And so that along with the, um, drumline beat that I forgot <laughs> to take out, uh, you know, I've just really, I need to tighten it up. You know, we're, this is big, big stakes here. SEC championship game preview. It's true. Th- these are the, ki- th- these are the kind of errors that this, th- th- that you can make it against Georgia tech. We just right. can't make right. it against Auburn. Well, we're actually in a, uh, we're now in a, a quarterfinal college football playoff quarterfinal podcast mode. So we got really out of yes. our game. Yes. Yeah. We'll be, right. we'll be ready. Right. So, so the, the big shoe will be coming this week. This but this is, uh, we'll have one more post game show no matter what happens next week. But I have to say guys, 11 and one. I have not, uh, when's the last time they won 11 games the regular season? 12. Yeah. 12. 12. Yes. Yeah, the 10th yeah. time ever that Georgia has won 11 or more games. Well, just before I got here, so before I came in and ruined it all. Um, all right, guys, <laughs> I am very excited. I cannot tell you, particularly my again. My, as long as I have the tickets in hand, they have been ordered. They are on. I've, I have the, the tracking number. They're coming. It is on. It's about to be SC Championship Week. Let's enjoy that Georgia Tech win one more time. But otherwise, time to get serious, guys. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be doing a full SEC Championship preview on Monday, November 27th, Monday evening. So if you have any questions for us, please feel free to send us a tweet with your comments on the game or the preparation or what your predictions might be. And the three of us will try to cover it or give you a shout out in our next episode. And while you're at it, we have a few more podcast reviews to discuss at the end of our next show. So if you're so inclined, you might want to add yours to the mix. And if you do, head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. We would greatly appreciate it. Again, 38-7 dogs win in impressive fashion over a completely unmotivated Georgia Tech football team and fan base, as you heard us discuss in the podcast. We will see you in Atlanta again this Saturday. Have a great week, and as always, go dogs. Go dogs.